welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 189 for Saturday the 22nd of February 2020. Coming up this week, we've just been away in Amsterdam. I'll be updating you on the meagre amounts of author work that got done. I have double bookbub news for you in sci-fi and thrillers, but is it a thumbs up, a thumbs down, or maybe even a bit of both? And the life of a struggling indie author viewed through five years' worth of draft the digital tax reports. Welcome to this week's show. We're not long off the boat from Newcastle to the Netherlands, and I'm still swaying just a little bit. Talk about a dodgy day to to cross over the North Sea. Monday was a little bit blowy. We had quite an interesting sleep. It wasn't terrible. I People were telling stories of, of green-faced tourists coming off the ferry. We definitely weren't like that. But it was a little rockier than I would have liked on Monday night. Fortunately, when we came back on, was it overnight on Wednesday? It was a little bit uh, smoother. But uh, yeah, talk about a terrible time to go book a holiday that involves a ferry trip. As I say, I, I, I was fine with it. Didn't feel sick or anything like that. And it was, I think it was just within acceptable parameters. So thank goodness for that. Incidentally, if you hear something spinning today during the broadcast, then it's not my head. It is actually the washing machine on spin cycle. It's one of those days we're catching up and uh, the kids are off tomorrow. And I had one thing to do today, and that was to make sure that a load of washing gets done and finished so that it's ready for the kids to leave and jump on a train tomorrow. So I just thought I was going to have to go on because I know that if I don't put it on, I'll forget it. So if you hear a kind of awful din in the background, that's what it is. And it'll come up in about 15 minutes time. That's what it is. So I won't say anything more about that. Okay, not an awful lot to tell you this week, but uh, but enough, enough to justify a Paul's Podcast Diary episode. Let's start with this week's word count. On Saturday the 15th of February, last Saturday, I wrote 2,584 words of my podcasting book. On Sunday, uh, that's the 16th of February, I got another 5,118 words done. I'm going to be writing two and a half thousand words this afternoon, but my day's been a bit jumbled up today. Now, as I say, we're just back from uh, our trip to the Netherlands yesterday, and we're running to catch up with things. I was supposed to be seeing a client today who cancelled. That suits me because it gives me some time, but I've my, my day's topsy-turvy today. So I'm recording this in the morning because I've been waiting for somebody to come in to do a job. And then I'm going to nip out to town because I've got some jobs to do. And then this afternoon, I'm going to come and I'm going to do my writing. So normally I do the writing first thing, but it's just a bit of a topsy-turvy day today. But I'll be writing two and a half thousand words today. I'll be doing the same again tomorrow, Saturday the 22nd. So that'll be 5,000 words over the two days. And then on Sunday, I'm doing another 5,000 words. And that should pretty well almost be that podcasting book written. It won't be complete because I got... It's just very difficult to judge the time. I've I've allocated Saturday and Sunday next week to finish it off. So it will definitely be finished by Sunday next week. But I think that will 
be the bulk of the work done by close of play on Sunday with maybe just a couple of thousand words to go and some words to insert. So um, it's not going to be definitely finished till next Sunday, but I think we'll almost be there by close of play on Sunday. I've also been editing this week, but I didn't get much editing done because we were on the ferry on the Monday. We were back yesterday afternoon. So I did another six chapters of editing Friends Who Lie last night. I'm going to do another or the final six chapters of Friends Who Lie tonight. And then that final revised book is either going to get uploaded this evening or over the weekend. So that will be the last of the Friends Who Lie edit done and the final version will then be uploaded. And when I do the final version, I got to upload box sets and things like that as well. They have to be updated with the latest version as well. So that's a job for this weekend. I'll prioritise, obviously, the writing work. And when the writing work's done, I've got a list of little jobs that I need to do over the weekend. Okay, so I had the grid one submitted for a BookBub promo. Uh, that was last Friday, I think it was. And then I had Left for Dead put in, second time of trying for a BookBub last Sunday. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Just going to leave a moment of tension there for you with the washing machine going in the background. Um, I didn't get a book bub for the grid one. And I didn't get a book bub for Left for Dead on the second time of trying. So that's a bit of a struggle, isn't it? Because I could have done with one of those book bubs in the pot. You never can tell with book bub. Um, I thought Left for Dead, I honestly thought Left for Dead would go because it had got, it's got a good load of, well, not, you know, not, not a stack of reviews on it, but it's got enough reviews on it to make it look attractive. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been doing all right. But no, not yet. And the interesting thing is, is that when is it coming up? It's only in a week or two. Don't tell Meg is going to be out of its six-week break for a, after a little while. When is it coming? Ooh, it's in about, it's within the month. Yeah, it's so 16th of March. Don't tell Meg is available. So in actual fact, don't tell Meg is going to become eligible for another book book promo before Left for Dead does again. So we're on diminishing returns with Don't Tell Meg now. It's still making money, and I, and I will put it in for another book bub, but it is on diminishing returns. So I'm going to have to decide what to do about that, whether I kind of prioritise a second Don't Tell Meg over Left for Dead. Um, but, yeah, a bit frustrating that. I mean, the thing with book bub is it's just Russian roulette, whether you've had one before or not. It's complete luck of the draw. So I do, I really do want to get Left 4 Dead in for one at some point, but I'm just going to have to keep trying. I'll just keep going one after the other and we'll see. We'll get one eventually, I'm sure. Um, but no more book bubs. Fatigue. It's all gone quiet on that front. I was saying to you that I've been working on my... Oh, no, actually, before I do that, let me just tell you about The Secret Bunker. I was going to go off on a tangent there, but I just want to say The Secret Bunker, of course, recently had a book bub. And I just wanted to let you know that I'm continuing to sell books two and three, mainly on Amazon. It's pretty well died on Draft Digital and Kobo now. But I am still selling books on Amazon and books two and three. And is it, I can't remember whether it's the trilogy. I've uh, Basically, the combinations I've got on sale of uh, The Secret Bunker, they're all still selling. Um, you know, not in any great numbers. But if I tell you that, um, interestingly, well, I'll talk about this in a moment. My MailChimp book is doing really well in terms of my standalones. My MailChimp book, without any advertising, is actually the book that I've sold most of this month so far. Then you've got Secret Bunker 2. Then you've got Secret Bunker 3. 
and then you've got my um, you've got you've got um, as, as I would expect the murder place, which is Don't Tell Meg trilogy. You've got the Forgotten Children, which is Don't Tell Meg trilogy, and then you're on to the Secret Bunker, the 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 combo that I've got with book two and book three in it. So um, you know the 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 book bub continues to sell the Secret Bunker, so it, it's increased the sales. No brilliant sales. But what I'm noticing at the moment is that because I got so many books at the moment, what what I'm doing is getting little bits of everything. And they're actually adding up to give a, a decent or a reasonable month's uh, income, which is very interesting. But that MailChimp Unbox book, you know, I had another moment of clarity this week. And you've heard me resisting updating that book. But, you know, I think I've got to update that book. The, the thing is, I've got the cover for it. I've got the... That book was produced in Word, so I'm, what I'm going to have to do is go into the Word files and have the kind of the hell of taking lots of updated screenshots and then organising the pages so they all look nice. It, it, it's I didn't do that in Vellum and the same with the WordPress book. But I think I'm coming round to the conclusion that I really need to probably just get on with those books and just update them because that MailChimp book just sells. And, and it's just a kind of how-to guide, but it sells itself. It seems daft not to. So I think I might pencil that in sometime. I, I, I'm assuming I'm going to have a lot more time, even if I take on all the clients are being thrown at me at the moment with my contracted work. Even if I do that, I still feel like I ought to have more time. It's just difficult to judge how much I'm going to have. But I think I might certainly prioritise the MailChimp book over the WordPress book. But I think I might just get those two books refreshed because it means I got three current nonfiction books when the podcast book goes. And, and you know, we're kind of off then, aren't we? It's doing quite well. So... We'll put that in the pending pile, but I think it's a victim of its own inverted commas success, that MailChimp book. And I think I'm going to have to probably bite the bullet and just get on with that. And that incidentally brings me on to what I was going to tell you next, which is that in Alyssa Grosso's Awkward Author podcast this week, Alyssa's talking about her her January, I think it's your January author income, isn't it, Alyssa, this month, uh, which is just a little bit late, which is why it's halfway through February. And she'll give you the reasons for that in the podcast. But one of the observations that Alyssa was making is that she has um, non-fiction books and with no advertising whatsoever, as well as several fiction books Alyssa makes the comment this week that actually she's making more from her non-fiction books doing absolutely nothing and and she like me is making the observation well maybe I ought to get some non-fiction out there again because it just sells itself now if you're brand new to this the reason that non-fiction sells itself is is because it's it, it has um it's done on keywords it, it basically my my MailChimp book it's called, is it MailChimp from scratch? And my WordPress book is called WordPress from scratch. And they contain the two keywords, i.e. MailChimp and WordPress that people are searching for. So if you're struggling with WordPress, you'll go onto Amazon, you'll do a search for WordPress. And hopefully somewhere in those search results, my book will come up. And then also, if you do a search for MailChimp, because you're struggling with MailChimp, do a search for MailChimp and hopefully my book comes up. So that's why it's so easy to sell nonfiction books. Now, my non-fiction books are not the kind of books that are going to create some kind of non-fiction sensation. You know, in that the, a trillion people aren't looking for MailChimp books, but enough people are looking for MailChimp books for that to just bring in a steady income. And it has brought in a steady, small income over a period of years. Now, it's not life-changing, but as part of a portfolio of books that just plod along and do okay, it, it does go to create some of my monthly income. And having, I guess, done the main work on that book, it just needs a little bit of um, re-nosing because 
MailChimp's changed a bit. Interestingly, I did notice the other day, when was I, oh, I was doing MailChimp training the other day. And interestingly, in the time that I wrote that book, MailChimp's brought some things in and then taken them away again. So I'm almost back where I started with that MailChimp book. It won't take as much revision as it was going to take before they change their pricing structure. So I think I'm going to have to do that. And again, if you want to listen to the benefits of having non-fiction, Alyssa's is, I think it was an Etsy. It's about how to have an Etsy site. And I don't think Alyssa's even done that for some time. Um, so again, for Alyssa, you know, her experience is the same as, as mine with the with the, the MailChimp and the WordPress books in that they're old books, but they keep selling in spite of my efforts of, for them not to. The only th- way I could stop them selling is by taking them offline. I've even said that my book's out of date in the blurb, but people keep buying it still. Uh, presumably because they can have a look at the look inside and see that it is most of it's still relevant. But anyhow, um, that's two of us there talking about the benefits of non-fiction. If you haven't considered writing non-fiction, it is worth adding it to your portfolio if you've got topics or a topic that you know enough about to write a non-fiction book on. And as I said to you last week, you know, that podcast book, that podcast book isn't going to be a bestseller. It's not going to suddenly light the world on fire because, you know, zillions of people aren't going to suddenly decide in the week I release the book that they want to start a podcast. To me, it's plod, plod, plod traffic. It's all, it's enough traffic. There are enough people doing it to buy the book to, to, to bring in a, a, an ongoing income. But it's not going to set the world on fire. It's not going to make me rich. So there are a lot of nonfiction books that people write. And they're usually things like, you know, like The Miracle Morning and books like that. That Those books kind of have that nonfiction stroke hype combo. And I'd like, I, I have actually got one of those in the back of my mind. Um, I don't know whether I'm going to do it or not, but I have got a little bubbling under idea that would be like the Miracle Morning. It's not like the Miracle Morning, but it's a concept, a kind of like a trademarked idea um that would fit into that character uh, into the, into that sort of category so that's that's just a bubbling under um and it's even got its own kind of trademarkable um kind of catchphrase or or you know terminology but those are the kind of books that that sort of sell well i'm just trying to think what the jack canfield one is oh it's it's covered by boxes on the shelf oh no no it's not the success principles that's right jack canfield's got one called the success principles so it's one of these you know, books that uh, like the the four hour work week, uh, a sort of trademarkable phrase that talks about an approach to life. And I say, so I have got one of those up my sleeve, whether it'll ever come to anything, whether I can flesh it out into a nonfiction book, I don't know. But that is an example of a book that you would hope could then, it's just one of those books that loads of people could buy. Loads of people aren't going to buy a podcast book. The best thing you can do with a book like that is make it evergreen and hope that it brings in a reasonable income and it earns it earns the effort out over a period of months just by sell, 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 sell without you particularly having to market it. So there you go. That was a mini masterclass in nonfiction. Um, if you head for Alyssa's podcast, it's the awkward author. Uh, she'll do a much better job of it. But um, it is, you know, it's worth clocking this if you are writing and thinking, well, how can I make some, some money? Uh, with a better guarantee and I think there's more of a guarantee of making money off a non-fiction book even though it won't necessarily be high amounts of money I think it's easier to make money with non-fiction I wanted to give a clarification about my numbers at the moment I said last week that I was um, taking a, a creating an annual not an annual a monthly salary with a view to getting residential status in Spain which is neither here nor there um, but I wanted to take a set amount from the business every month now 
um, to, to show it as a regular income. And, and this is just, you know, smoke and mirrors in terms of it doesn't matter how I, how I take it personally, but it does matter how you take it when you're having to show people bank statements. So I just want to show a regular monthly income coming from my writing business now. And I just want to clarify something about the numbers because when I give you the numbers, when I said to you last week, in actual fact, I'm halfway, I'm almost paid for December now. And I just wanted to clarify those numbers um, in the sake of transparency, because they're not all from books. I think that's the clarification I want to give you. So when I give you those numbers, my income through the business comes from my author work. So books, it comes from book sales and affiliate income and anything else I've got coming through the podcast. So it's all my kind of author income uh, that comes through all my websites, um, affiliate income that comes from Amazon affiliate links and the sales I make through the podcast website um it, it's all that income too not um, not just not just book income but also it, my corporate work goes in there that goes in the pot too so i call the business clixio and I, it's divided into two sections which is clixio publishing and clixio training so clixio training is the corporate work i do clixio publishing is all the writing stuff that i do and it all goes into the same sole trader pot which is Clixio. Why Clixio? Well, it was the name I, I paid a, a, a couple of hundred quid for a for the Clixio.com trade name uh, years ago for a piece of software that we didn't have. Paid all that money for it. I'm not going to let it go. I hate the name personally. I, think I, I hate it with a passion. It brings back all sorts of horrible memories. But having paid so much for it, I'm hanging on to it. So that's why I've got that bizarre name. Um, that's the history of it. So. What I just wanted to, to clarify for you is that when I'm saying to you, I've got the money in the pot for right through to December, now I think I'm about £100 short and then I'm good till December. What that means is that's earned book income, affiliate income that I know is coming in and corporate income that is booked and confirmed. Um, so that uh, that's kind of right bang up to date. We're, we're, we're up to December now. So I just want to be very clear about that. Now, um, I, I for, for my sort of accounting purposes, uh, I account for the, the training income and the book income separately. And the training income has been reduced significantly, obviously, because I've been doing salaried work for the past couple of years. Now, none of the numbers I give you include salaried work. I don't touch salaried work for any of the things that I'm talking to you about. So salaried work's completely separate from this. It comes, you know, it's pay as you earn, you pay tax on it as you earn it. It goes into the household uh, money kit and I don't count um, any of that salaried work in the numbers that I give you. That's just sort of household stuff. So I can give you an indication though of the ratios that are involved. So um, so th um, my sort of corporate work's been right down obviously because I've got fewer days to do it. But I can tell you that my corporate work, um, I'm in the ratio um, four to one. So the, the high, I, I earn most from the books for book income and, it, and, and uh, least or less from corporate uh, income. Now that corporate income is going to go up significantly because I've got more time, obviously. It's going to go up significantly when I um, f change my life around in March stroke April because I've got more time, obviously, to do client work. Now, I was probably doing, when I was doing um, client work and not doing salaried work, the amount I was earning from the, the corporate work that I did was probably about three to four times what it is now. Um, so, I'm on, I'm earning about a quarter of, of what I used to from client work because I've got salaried work coming in. So I, I know that's all kind of, um, you know, 
it's all a little bit convoluted, but I just want to be transparent about where the money comes from. So my ratio at the moment is probably four times author income to one time corporate income at, at the moment, but I expect to see that changing over the, the next week. Now, obviously the salaried work that I once did is now going to come from pension. So that's replaced and that goes into the household budget. And then I, in addition, am going to take out additional um, income from the author uh, accounts as well. Um, I, I always have taken, I've, I've always taken, I think probably since I was going, you know, a couple of thousand out here and there. Uh, and obviously that's had to go on as, um, you know, sole trader income on my uh, HMRC forms at the end of the tax year, in addition to any salaried income that I earn. Um, so it, now, now it all kind of changes a little bit. So my, you know, I'll be self-assessing. Well, I am self-assessing. I always self-assess anyway. Um, so your, so this is like a tax lesson, isn't it? So salaried income is taxed at source via my employer. And then in, in addition, I have to declare uh, as a, because I'm self-employed, I have to declare any extra income I take as a, as a sole trader. And so I do that every year. So I hate doing my accounts every year because so, there's quite a lot of tax stuff to be done. So, um, yeah, just for transparency, then when I'm saying to you that, um, you know, I pay, Spain is sort of sorted already. Uh, that's a combination of books and the corporate work that I do, the, the training work that I do. And then just to put that right into context, um, we're going to Spain from November to March currently that, that may, tweet depending on whether we get residency or whatever happens in the upcoming months that is a movable feast but at the moment we're looking at five months to put context on that books have paid for four of those months and corporate training has paid for one of those months so when I'm sort of talking about income you kind of know what the ratios are um, you know and you and it gives you context about what books are paying for so the books have paid for four months in Spain Corporate training has paid for one month in Spain. Books could pay for five months in Spain, but that's roughly how the ratios work if you want to do it like that. So I just wanted to sort of be clear about that because um, the whole point of this podcast is that uh, I don't sort of, you know, there's no kind of sleight of hand with the money in that, you know, you don't sort of hear me sort of say, yeah, I'm doing fantastically and everything's going well. And I'm talking to you, you know, I'm trying to give you figures that are net rather than gross so, so, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I had a million pounds this month, but actually uh, 900,000 of that was spent on ads. So actually my profit was 100,000 pounds. I'm trying to give you a true sense of the money that's coming in with ad spend as well. And I'm trying not to give you uh, the sexy figures. So the sexy figures are always gross rather than the ugly figures, which are always net. So I try and give you net figures so you know what's really coming in and going into my pocket, you know, rather than the stuff that's the showbiz. You know, if I were doing internet marketing, you'd always, you know, you wouldn't hear about the, the net. You know, this is why I didn't like internet marketing. We always go, gave you the gross figures. And so, you know, I can tell you in complete honesty that I did internet marketing launches that were six figure launches. They were six figures in, in dollars. So we, we were over a hundred thousand dollars in launches. And I've done, I've done a couple of launches like that. I think about three in my time. Um, but the money that came to me, when you drill into the detail of that, um, it wasn't quite as exciting. So I think the best year I ever had in internet marketing, 
uh, or the best stint, the best launch I had. I think I took about £25,000 from it in profit. That was in my first ever year of business. So I, I made a, a year's wages in about, um, you know, three months you know if you want to put it like that that was the best one I ever did um but we never we always gave the gross figures in internet marketing we never gave the the top line figure in internet marketing and so we used to give away 50% instantly to uh, joint venture partners because they used to promote it for us because I was working in tandem with somebody who had bigger emailing lists of me I used to get I think a quarter of the income rather than a half of the income so by the time you drilled down you took the tax off and everything you know it was exciting enough because we were selling stuff that didn't doesn't even exist it wasn't like we were shipping physical stuff we were, it was just digital stuff that didn't even exist so you know it was it was good remuneration for what we were doing but what I realized pretty soon was is that I wasn't able to make that much from it. And actually, you know, your cycle with internet marketing, you were generally coming up with a new product every three months uh, if you wanted to keep that going. And also they clamped down on internet marketing at the time I was doing it. So it was getting much harder to make money from it. And I just thought I, I'm going to be doing four launches a year at least for the rest of my life if I carry on doing that. And I just, it just didn't feel like the way ahead to me. So uh, that's why I stopped doing internet marketing. Um, something else which will actually give you, you know, uh, a very interesting insight into my changing author life. And, um, Draft the Digital sent me an email, I think it was this morning, that said your tax form is in for this year. And um, now, you know, I, I barely do any business on Draft the Digital. It's a, a very small fraction of what I'm doing. But actually, I was just looking at the tax forms because they, they, they were in a nice list. And I thought this tells you an indie author story. And I thought I'd just let you know what the Draft the Digital taxable, taxable amounts were. Now, bearing in mind, most of my income comes from Amazon. So, you know, this is not indicative of, of total income, but it does tell a story, I think. And the, the story is very interesting. So in 2015, um, oh, by the way, you know, there are, there is all sorts of things you've got to allow for with this. So, uh, you know, I wasn't doing book bubs in the first three years. I wasn't getting, doing or getting book bubs. So that's what makes the income increase drastically from 2018. The other thing is, is that I had, is it called tax withholding? I hadn't figured out when I was earning low amounts, um, they used to withhold tax in the States because I hadn't sorted out the tax at that point. When I started to earn money that bothered me, I sorted out the tax. So I, I there's no tax withholding anymore in the States. Uh, I know that's a bit complicated if you're not familiar with it, but when you start to earn um, you know, reasonable money from all of this. You'll start to see what, what they keep back in the States and you'll want to get it sorted. Um, so th th there's all sorts of ifs and maybes with it, but just, so just take the figures as they are, but as an indication of how your author career sort of grows over the years. Um, you know, they're complete finger in the wing kind of figures, but I, th I think they do tell an interesting story. So in 2015, on my draft of digital tax forms, it showed $42.22. In 2016, we more than doubled that to $119.36. The year after was static, virtually. So we were $100.90. So in 2018, we went from $100.90 to $2,763. And then in the last year, 2019, 
we went to $2,532. So a, a kind of negligible um, jump just there, a uh, drop, I beg your pardon, just there. So it's interesting that in 2015, we were on pocket money, no, nothing. And then for 2016, 2017, pretty well the same, about $100, neither here nor there. And then 2018, 2019, the income goes up uh, spectacularly. So it, it goes up by about 50% from 2015 to 2016 and then how many percent do we go up we go by about is it 200 percent 20 percent no 200 percent no several percent it goes up by i can't do the sums it goes from a hundred dollars to two thousand seven hundred dollars what's that i don't know what it is you do the maths but it's quite a lot of percent isn't it so um i just think that was interesting that you always start on pocket money and then you kind of get the hang of it and you write more books and then as you write more books and you, you get the hang of it and you start getting book bubs and things like that, that money goes up significantly. Now, what's interesting for me is that I seem to plateau over two-year periods. Uh, now, and, and again, remember, these are complete finger-in-the-wind figures because there's so many ifs, buts, and maybes. You know, was I Amazon exclusive? Um, was I in Draft the Digital at the time? You know, how many sales was I putting through Draft the Digital even at that time anyway? So, you know, you must take them with a pinch of salt. But I do think, although it's a very rough story i think those numbers do probably tell a story of an indie author career so do with them as you will but i hope you find those numbers interesting i did say it was going to be a short one this week that's pretty well it i just want to mention edwin downward who was listening to my self-publishing journeys diary and then realized that he hadn't tweeted me any pictures recently so edwin tweeted a picture of an empty car park to keep up that illusion that Canadians don't drive a lot. Apparently, the car park is only as empty as it looks in that photograph because it was close to retail parking. The minute the shoppers come, it's absolutely packed. Thanks for your photo, Edwin. I also spotted a nice bunny rabbit photo this morning. It wasn't targeted to me, but I always love seeing how the rabbits are getting on. Uh, always good to see the rabbit pictures in Edwin's feed. So thank you very much for getting in touch, Edwin. Appreciate that. That is it for this week's diary. I'll probably have a much longer one for you next week uh, because I'm actually going to get some work done next week and hopefully be telling you pretty well that that podcasting book is finished. Whatever you're up to, I hope you have a fabulous week of writing. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.